The game is on. What's up, everybody? It's your girl, Jane Rochelle, and I'm looking good, feeling great, and giving you guys the best sport takes. Okay, so April is almost over. Over. People are getting vaccinated. Outside is finally open, or at least halfway open. I don't know. I'm still in doubt if I'm going to get the vaccine, just like I'm in doubt about a lot of different things that are going on in the sports world right now. I mean, will the Lakers drop any lower? Will the Nets win it all? Will the 76ers win it all? Will Russell Westbrook be able to top Oscar Robertson's triple-double this season? It's just a whole bunch of doubt that's going on in my head, just like I'm in experiencing a whole bunch of doubt about this vaccine. But I have my friend here to help me with some of my doubt. Um, a little backstory too. Um, this is, if we have a little drum roll or something, da -da 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 -da, you know, something like that. This is the first male guest that we have on Shh, The Game is On. And I got so many Snickers and shady different comments from all my friends because they're like, are you guys only, are you only gonna bring on females and this and that? And I'm like, listen, okay. We keep the voice of the females first here, but it is not only limited to the voices of females and the opinions of females. So I am so happy and so elated to be bringing on my first male guest, Mr. Jay Hunter. He is the host of the Unpopular Podcast, freelance sports videographer, content producer, auto technician. I'm just going to call him all things media. What's up, Jay? How you doing, man? Again, I, I told you off mic, I appreciate it. It's, it's definitely an honor to be invited, man. So I appreciate it. Awesome, awesome, awesome. I'm, I had to, you know, I was like, you will probably be most fitting male to kind of start it off. You're going to set the standard for all the other males that come here that try to talk, talk sports to me. It's definitely a blessing. It's, it's definitely a blessing and an awesome. honor to even be considered. So. Awesome, awesome. How has COVID been treating you? I mean, it's been, it's, I mean, like, as you know, it's, it's flipped the world upside down. So, and it's really shown and, and proven that ain't no point of planning anything. You have to take it day by day, moment by moment. So it's definitely a blessing that my family around me, everyone's been healthy and, and that's the most important thing. So it's, yeah. it's been all right. It's been all right. I feel like we're on the, I think it's safe to say, I think, knock on wood, I'm knock on some wood. I think it's safe to say that we're on the tail end of things with everybody, you know, kind of being okay with getting the vaccine and all that stuff. What are your opinions on that? Or are you already vaxxed up, fully vaxxed as they call it? Well, I, I have my first shot. I was like you, I was hesitant, um, but I work in sports media. And I work around uh, people that come from all ways of life. And I have a two-year-old uh, niece that I see very frequently. So I would, I would, it would really hurt me if I came in contact with somebody that has it and then turned around and got it, gave it to her. So because of that, that's the main reason why um, I got the vex or I got the first dose. My next one's like next week or something, but I, I was I was hesitant like you and um so yeah it's it, it's been a it's been a doozy but you know we still here so I can't complain. That's good. That's good. That's the very responsible answer, responsible thing to say, you know, and that yeah. your character as a person, you know, keep keeping all those in mind that you know you're closely knitted to. So yeah. hopefully by the next time we talk, I I, I do it. I think I, I I think I'm leaning more towards it now now because I've like the first batches out. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. I, I think I'm I think I'm heading to it. You know what I mean? But the most important thing that I'm happy about is 
that it is being the sports lover that I am, you know, we have been able to move on with sports because this time last year, there was a lot of confusion, as I say, and on here, like we just didn't know what a future in sports looked like. So now we got through a March madness in this pandemic, you know what I'm saying? We're, we're, we're about to begin a WBA season again, another one. We have an NFL season that's approaching soon. And we are in the heat of the the year right now with this um with in the NBA as they you know they chase to uh to get to solidify some playoff spots so yeah. we're, we're in a good spot I think overall for me in my opinion but you know we'll see let's dive into it today you know everybody that comes on here as I stated earlier you know I, I really enjoy to keep the voice of women um you know, the, the voice of women in sports is truly important to me. Their mm-hmm. presence is, is so needed. Um, so I get to ask you, the first male guest, you know, why is the voice of women in sports so important to you? Well, I think, well, first of all, I've, I was raised by a woman, of course, single mother thing. I have a sister and now a niece. And I've had women all around me as far as important figures. And when you look at the sports world and especially focusing on the WNBA, they get it right first, usually. Uh, and while, you know, they, what men do or have done have been projected more than women, a lot, of the, a lot of the reason why we're here today as far as sports is because of the women, because of WNBA and because of um, a lot of the women like Natasha Cloud putting their careers on the line to fight a fight that has been fought for generations upon generations. Um, And of course we know about the pay gap. We know about the pay discrepancy. We know about the the lack of respect that a lot of women sports and a lot of women uh, analysts get. But if you really want to be for real about it, we wouldn't be here without the Rachel Nichols, without the, uh, uh, you know, the Holly Rose, without, people like that and it's 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 like this podcast is so important because it it it, it's an unbiased yet still biased because it's like we're you're going to champion women and if you look around hell even if you look at some of the WNBA coverage from from the major networks it's not as much like I have to I watched a, a a dart a darts championship while the WNBA playoffs were going on so it's just time you know with with the movement that we're in and in the in the world and it's just time for for it's not I'm not gonna say it's time for women to stand up because they've been standing up for forever I think it's just time that we spotlight that we really wouldn't be here and it's not just sports we wouldn't be here period without women so I think that their voice is as their voice and opinion is as strong and sometimes even more important than a male's voice. So that's that's the real reason why I think that it's women, especially in sports, is is bigger than ever and should be championed more now than ever. You know what I mean? I I agree with you a hundred and ten percent and then some and you brought up a great point about the WNBA, you know, kind of leading a lot of different things. I think a a great example of that was this election, you know, the Atlanta dream, you know, taking the big stance that they did, which was a pivotal part in allowing Georgia to go blue this year. Um, So, I mean, it's, it's, it's true, you know, and, and what better time than now, you know what I mean? It shows, it sucks, but it also shows courage that 
we're willing to put our careers, we're willing to put our bodies, we're willing to sacrifice our time for something that's way more important. So that's, you know, it's, it's definitely commendable and it's definitely something that we should highlight more because all I see is, you know, and, and don't get me wrong, congratulations to Jalen Brown and all them, but we see Jalen Brown and Malcolm Brogdon were on the front lines of the Black Lives Matter marches, but nobody ever really talks about all, you know, the Atlanta dream, Tasha Cloud and all the women that were standing right next to them. So I just think, I think it's, it's definitely, um, important to definitely highlight that and it's it's, it's definitely cool that and, and and important that they do what they do so, yeah, yeah agree agree we love we love we love it okay yeah. i mean it feels it makes us feel good i speak on a woman voice in sports and also as a former athlete i appreciate that you are a man who can also share that same appreciation for women like myself who share this space so we appreciate it <laughs> but let's dive into it right now because like I said you know it's it's a lot of doubt going on right now and a lot of confusion with this NBA season right now with less than what well, we are under we're like about 11 12 some teams we'll, we'll just say under, under 15 games left um, before we start the play-in tournament on May 18th for the NBA you know, the NBA has done a really good job in WNBA but NBA has done a really good job at the whole contact tracing this and that and, you know, shouts out to them for being here. And, and I'm excited. I watch a game almost every night now. And it's, it's, it does suck the whole end. And we can say due to a shortened season or a shortened off season, but I am, I am happy that we are here. And there hasn't been like a major outbreak or anything. So I can't complain. For sure, for sure. The injury bug, it does, it has been very crazy this whole season and a lot more recently it feels like than in the beginning but yeah I don't know if we want to blame I mean I, I guess you could say it it, it could be because of the shorter off season um mm -hmm. but yeah, the injury bug has been wilding um and it, it affected one of the faces of the NBA my favorite person if, if you didn't know I'm a bronze sexual I love LeBron James he oh. can do no wrong ever in my eyes that just is what it is okay that's just what it is okay LeBron James right now has been sidelined um since March 20th um and prior to that AD was sidelined February 14th so missed about a good 60 days worth of game I believe or something like that but right now the Lakers are having to play without LeBron they recently got AD back but um I know when LeBron went down on March 20th everybody was kind of in a in a in a just a whole bunch of confusion shock all that stuff first of all LeBron James never seriously gets injured that's the first thing yeah, next of all they were sitting at I believe it was 28 and 14 at the time of him going down yeah. Um, and a lot of people at that point without an AD and they didn't have Drummond at that time, neither. Let's not forget. A lot of people expected them to drop significantly. Mm -hmm. So my question to you is how bad or good have the Lakers been without Braun? Well, if you look on paper, they've been good. I mean, they haven't just, the bottom hasn't fallen out, but you have to look on, you have to look a little below the surface. They didn't really have a tough schedule. They did play some tough teams and won, but they haven't really had a tough schedule. Uh, with LeBron being out and um, yeah th the thing is man and it's very like at the end of the day this is all sweet and cool like they can do what they do now but if they have any if they need if they want a shot to get to where they want to get to they need LeBron they need AD 
Uh, and honestly, they need both of them. While yes, LeBron James is still uh, the best player in the league. And the team is built around the both of them. Uh, they have complementary players for both. When you look at Dennis Schroeder, when you look at Kyle Kuzma, when you look at uh, Alex Caruso, like they, Montrez Harold, those players aren't there to have extended minutes. Those players are there to complement AD and complement LeBron James. And if they don't have that, while they can, I mean, they've done enough to get to the playoffs, but as you've seen, they've started to fall down the rankings without LeBron and AD. If both of them are not there, or both of them are there and healthy, they can make it to where they want to get to. I don't know, and yeah, they can get to where they want to get to, but if not, it's going to be tough sled, man. It's going to be tough sled no matter who they play because that team is not built to stand alone. And when I say stand alone, it's like a chair. And LeBron James is the two legs on one side and AD is the two legs on the other. And it's like, if one's down, it's, it's going to be, a, it's, 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 it's wicked. So I just, it, they've been good, but again, it's, they've been good when they need to be, but they need to be with LeBron and AD going forward. So. I don't think there's any disputing that. I don't, I don't think that at all. I don't think for a second that I feel like people would be foolish to think that that, that Lakers team without AD and Bron would be of any real significance. And I, I mean, even though AD, you know, is a phenomenal player that he is right now. Um, I mean, not maybe so literal because he's still trying to find his rhythm, but overall how, how he's been within the last few years. I mean, I could, you know, I, I think they'd be all right, but I think that they're just that much better with LeBron, mm-hmm. but with him out, I mean, the I, I, only reason why I think that's even a topic worth discussing is because as the season dwindles, I feel like more credit should be given to them uh, as far as how they have played without him. I mean, they still are ranked number one amongst the defense ratings right now. Um, you know, uh, it's allowed players like the Dennis, the Kyle, you know, the Alex, the Montrez, you know, uh, Marquis. It's allowed these players to, to step up, you know. And I feel like that's really important, too, headed into the postseason because, like you said, these players are built to, to, to complement LeBron and AD what better way to get some runs and some confidence on the, under your belt where you kind of have to compete, you're forced to compete right now without him. Like this is the hardest part, part probably of their season this season is playing without them because when, they, when, when Braun comes back and we have AD fully healthy, their, their load is a whole lot easier at that point. I mean, the expectation grows, of course, but their load, I feel like is, is a lot, lot easier. But I, I feel like they're, they get, they get undercutted a lot. And I mean, and I think it was Montrez who, who when they had initially had went, when Brown had first had went down and they were talking about it and a reporter had asked them, I think it was like um, something about the season without having, he said, Hey, we get paid to play the same game. He gets paid to play. Like, you know what I mean? Like that's a, that's a big insult. And I, I commend them for how they have held it down without him. One thing that is good for the Lakers is that they're a team full of veterans. Uh, not like, 15, 16, but they're a team full of veterans, you know, Alex Caruso, even though a lot of people, you know, want to bag on me, he's been there. Montrez Harrell's been there. Morris has been there. Um, Kuzma has been there, even though he's still a little young, but, and I, I agree with you, this has been a very important time for the Lakers team in general, because it shows you how you have to play without arguably the greatest player ever and a top 10 at his best player in AD. So, 
that just makes it just sharpens the iron even more so when you bring in the two shotguns like oh shoot okay well now now we, we got some things to do yeah. so yeah i definitely agree the fact that they should be commended and this this part playing without lebron has been highly important for the lakers yeah. because even if you saw in the bubble the reason why they won outside of ad and lebron is the veterans held Dwight howard gave him some big minutes uh morris games rondo wasn't was huge so the fact that they they now know that while we do need LeBron AD, we can play competently and play better because we know how it is without them. Right. Yeah, I agree with you. It, it's definitely important and definitely will help in the long run. So yeah, yeah. for sure, for, for sure. And I, and I, these people that are saying that they're gonna drop down to the play in, the play in part. I, I don't think so. I think I think they finish at worst case scenario hmm. six. But I don't even think that's the case. I think they can hold they can hold on to this this fifth seed right now. I mean, their offense is probably the worst area that they're struggling. And we hope that as AD finds his rhythm within these next couple of games, you know, that he'll be able to help out significantly on the offensive end because that's where they look the most craziest without LeBron as <laughs> without the offense. I mean, overall though, I I think the Lakers have held it down. And I I just think that, you know, more love should be given to them and how they have been able to hold it down without them because a lot of people did not see this when, when on March 20th when they found out that LeBron was going to be down. Mm. But, you know, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. I, I definitely think that um, if they're in this fifth spot, you know, not that I'm for anything easy because I hate when people throw excuses out and they love to say LeBron has it easy. If they lock in this fifth spot, fifth seat, and at best, the fourth, let's just say Denver just goes like loses mm. their next six games or something, they kind of have nice right now. I mean, they, they kind of have yeah. a little bit now. You have Denver in the first round without a Jamal Murray, okay? And then they could, could possibly, I have Phoenix beating the Clippers. That's just me. They'd be seeing the Clippers. Like, mm. it's kind of set up a little nice. Yeah, and if if the Phoenix beats the Clippers, Phoenix has nobody that they can throw at LeBron or AD. So, yeah, I mean, the, the, the last thing, if you want to talk about challenges and the last thing that you want is to end up in the third spot with the third spot that's that's a tough road yeah um because like i said you'll have to either maybe dallas first round or whoever in the playing game and they're already hot so um but i think i think i think there's a lot being said about are the lakers gonna do this and that i mean we've seen with lebron james and ad those are the two perfect compliments. I, I can't really see many people in the West uh, giving them a run for their money outside of maybe the Clippers, but they're, I mean, I, we've seen how they end up. So in the playoffs. It's very simple with the Clippers. The Clippers need to show up when it's time exactly. to show up. I have them in Philly, I, I have them on the same playing field mm -hmm. and they call me crazy. I know this is probably a great season that Philly's having right now because of Joe and B, which we will touch on later, his little MVP right, right now. But I'm just not impressed. I, I will not be impressed. I will not be sold on them until the postseason comes. This yeah. is the same team last year that, granted, Ben Simmons had went down, but granted, got washed out by the Miami Heat. You yeah. know what I mean? So they like they looked terrible. They did very well the whole season, and then when it when it when it counts, they they're null and void. That's the same thing with yeah. the Clippers. So I weigh them on the same playing field that I will see what it is when they lace up. Will we get pandemic P or will we get playoff P? We don't know. Okay. Yeah. So we'll see, we'll see when it happens. Now, moving over to the East, um, the Eastern Conference, um, 
you are a DMV native. I am a DMV native. Um, and I, I'm, I, I have been able to cover some Wizards games, um, you know, outside of the, outside of the podcast, my other gig. So I watch the Wizards closely and I'm sure just being that you're a DMV native, it's just what we do. We just, you gotta, gotta always support the home team. Even if, even if you, it's from afar, you support the home team wherever you go. What do you think, or what do you make of the Wizards recent run? Um, As you know, they were on an eight game, eight game winning streak and were two points away from breaking that record up against San Antonio Spurs and overtime losing to them, which kind of ended it there. But what do we make of this Wizards run? Well, first and foremost, uh, I think the the pandemic hit the Wizards hard at the beginning of the year. Uh, and people don't really understand. I mean, you played, I mean, we never played in the NBA or WNBA, but you played professional, I mean, organized sports. People don't understand how long it takes to build chemistry with a team, especially a newer team like that. Uh, so I think that they're hitting their stride. Now, <laughs> you're, we're looking at this, eight, we looked at the eight game winning streak and some of the problems that have plagued them all year, like their defense is still horrible, but I, I'm not taking away from the fact that they have um, won eight game or what, 10 out of their last 11. I, I, I like what I'm seeing, man. I like the, it took a minute for Bradley Bill to learn how to play with Russell Westbrook and vice versa. Um, it took a minute because remember, not only the pandemic hit, but Russell Westbrook was injured as well. And that's a that's a tough player to have to just integrate into a team because uh, he's pretty much like a he, he's the the soul of the team, mm-hmm. even if he might not be the best player on the team, but he is like the driving engine. So that's not some that's something that kind of takes a minute. But yeah, man, I like I like I like what I'm seeing out of the Wizards. I like the fi- fact that even though we don't play no defense, we're still fighting night after night. Russell Westbrook's being Russell Westbrook. Bradley Bill is is still being Bradley Bill. And I like the the pieces that we're getting. I didn't expect Alex Lynn to be this good. Um, I didn't expect that the bench and to be this good. And you, uh, Jack, so, I think what is? Yeah, I didn't yeah. expect him to be this good. And I like Rui, he's he's definitely up improved uh, after last year. So I'm liking what I'm seeing, at least right now. I'm liking what I'm seeing from Washington. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you brought up that point about the pandemic and not even the pandemic, the injury bug. Um, this is the same season that, you know, uh, they missed, I think it was like close to nine games because of COVID protocol. After that, they had to go a, a substantial amount of time without Ish Smith. Uh, Russell Westbrook, like you said, was playing with half a leg. Um, Rui was hurt in the beginning. Bertans, I mean, it was a lot, you know, even Thomas Bryant, that was not expected. You know, a lot was ruining on him to be there. So I think for what their season is worth, at first, it was it would have been hard to to say this because in the beginning it just like they went on that like six six game losing streak, seven game losing streak or whatever. Yeah. It would have been hard to see them uh, be in the position that they are right now. But now they have a chance to you know they're at the at the temp seed, which I think they can lock in. If I make an assumption, I mean they have they're only playing out of their <clears throat> out of their eleven games. I believe it is they're playing only three teams over a five hundred record. That's Dallas, Atlanta, and Milwaukee. And everybody else seems to be a little bit, it seems like they could steal those. Like, I feel like if they can at least win, at least, this is at least, at least win five of these 11 games, I think um, being above the Bulls as much as they are, I mean, I, I think they could, they could solidify the, this 10th, this 10th spot for the play-in tournament. I think, I think what's happened, what helps them as well, I think the Bulls have one of the hardest schedules left. 
Mm-hmm. They still got to play the Lakers. They still got to play, I think, Golden State. They mm-hmm. still got to play, like, uh, Philly. Like, I think they have a tough, tough road. And the fact that the Wizards are playing, I think they're playing their best basketball they played all season at this point, and the Bulls are still kind of teetering. Mm-hmm. I think the Bulls' best, best like, they played their best in the beginning of the season. Um, so I think that uh, right now the stars are kind of lining up for Washington to to make the plan. So they just they just got to win. I say win at least six of these games. If they win at least six, good. They, they should it should be a wrap. Yeah, and um, Indiana too. I mean, because Indiana is the ninth seed; they're the seed above them or whatever, and they're only two games behind them right now. Now I think it could be a little bit wild to say but i do think that the ninth seed is still within reach but i think i like them in that tim seed just a little bit better but well we'll see this 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 play in tournament is is really tricky but i i appreciate what it brings because now it just opens up it just makes the postseason just that much more interesting because it's just so many so much more what ifs you know because yeah, moving that, parts a lot of moving parts literally and it kind of gives it like a little bit of like March Madness feel in the sense that like the teams that do that do pan out in that playoffs, they're just like win or go home. It's very simple. Like it's it's not to mention if you talk about both East and the West, I wouldn't want to see Bradley Bill and Russell Westbrook. I wouldn't want to see Steph Curry the run he's on. I wouldn't want to see Luca. I wouldn't want to see some of these teams. Hell, if 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 Chicago, I wouldn't want to see a hot Zach Levine. So like I said, it's it definitely gives you a March Madness feel. So it's it's going to be interesting to see who ends up in, in the matchup. So I'm, I'm excited. Yeah, definitely, definitely agree with that. Um, speaking of the Wizards and Russell Westbrook, um, he recently um, did his presser where he has said there is, and quote, there is no player like myself. And if people want to take it for granted, sorry for them. Mm-hmm. Do you agree with this statement or do you, do you not? And I'm going to go first on this one. I'm going to answer this one first, only because only because this is my reason. I honestly, I, I appreciate Russell, West, Russell Westbrook as a person. As a person, he does phenomenal things outside of the court. You know what I mean? And I, and I think his edge gets so misunderstood sometimes. And, and two, the, the bad part about that is that like, it's a great thing, but it's also like his Achilles at the same time, because it's like you come with this much intensity to the game, but at the same time, it's like a lot is expected of you because you come so intense. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like you, you come, you, you make a triple double look easy. So mm-hmm. on the other reverse end of that, it's like, okay, so when, like, you know what I mean? It's like, you, it's obvious that you're capable, but where is that missing piece? But I don't think there's nothing wrong with that. I, I agree. I think I think he brings a different cert, a different a different energy to the game. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, you know, the whole OKC run with, you know, the year that they before KD had left and they were three to one, which a lot of people try to blame the reason why they they lost that thing's like game six, game seven on Russ, you know, he was a little bit immature then. Uh, his style of play was. You know, they tried to blame him on that. Then he left. And then, you know, it just seemed like OKC just kind of like went in the flames. Even when they got Paul George, they still weren't able to get over the hump. He goes to Houston, same situation, just can't get over the hump. So I feel like he kind of has coined this like bad rep in a sense or like this. I'm not going to say underappreciated. Well, maybe I'll say that. Maybe underappreciated rep where people just kind of look at him as just 
all right, cool. Yeah, that's great. That's just what he, you know what I mean? They don't, they don't buy into Russell too deep. And because they don't, I feel like it allows you to kind of like, you, you don't, you look at his confidence the wrong way. Like, it's like, it's like just the attitude, but it's like, I I really think you, you should want any athlete to have that mentality. That man thinks every time he laces up, I am the best. I'm going to give you the best. You're going to take what I like. This is, I, I don't stat pad. This is just how I play. This is how I approach the game. You know what I mean? And Perks brought something to my memory that I totally forgot uh, the other day on the jump when they had asked Bradley Bell about it. And he had said that Kobe mm. had actually said, and we know he doesn't say this about everybody, that Russell Westbrook has that Kobe mentality. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like he has that Kobe. And I feel like when Kobe approached a game that way, we looked at it and it was kind of just like, you know, because it was Kobe, you know, he's with the Lakers, you know, he's winning, he's doing phenomenal things. It was a lot more easier to appreciate his yeah. his approach to the game because he's doing his thing. But yeah. we have Russ who comes up short every single time in the playoffs, if he makes the playoffs, and we look at it and we're like, ah, get out of here. Yeah. You know, when you look at Russell Westbrook, he's one of one. Um, and what they like to do is because he's one of one, because LeBron James is one on one, uh, they like, it's hard to critique something that's one of one. So what they do is they add things that they might not add to somebody else to diminish who they are. Um, you look at LeBron, they always say the grace, but then they say, but look, you know, he's, he's only won four championships, four out of nine or four out of 10. Like, bro, he went to 10 straight championships. Well, the only one four, you look at Russell Westbrook. I mean, he's averaging a triple double. He, he's probably the most athletic player we've ever seen in the league at his height. Oh, but you remember, you know, he's only he, he he lost in the finals and he's the reason KD left like KD can't make a decision on his own. Um, I think that we're going to look up and people are going to shoot them like they're going to really hate themselves for not cherishing what we're seeing, because I don't think we'll ever see someone like Russell Westbrook. Now, yes, that's not saying that Russell Westbrook doesn't have his flaws. I mean, the man still can't shoot to save his life. Some of his decision making and and crunch time is a little is a little iffy, but that doesn't mean that he isn't still a great player. And I think that you know, a lot of people when you look at some players, um, they like to because they're so great, they like to tack on things that they haven't won just to just to make them feel like oh no they're part of the league or they're just like everyone else. No, there's no other Russell Westbrook. There's no other LeBron. There's no other KD, there's no other Steph, there's no other James Harden. Like these players are special. And I agree wholeheartedly. If you're going to take it for granted, take it for granted. But just know that I don't think you'll ever see another player like Russell Westbrook. Does that mean he's perfect? No. But there is only one Russell Westbrook, and we're seeing it. If you want to take it for granted, or you want to, or you think it's just for show, all right, let me just let me just blank bang on another triple double and keep it moving. Yeah. I mean, you, you said it to start the show. I I wholeheartedly believe he's going to get that triple-double uh, record. Yeah. I mean, ain't nothing stopping him. He gets She gets triple-doubles easily. Like, I'm watching – I was watching the game the other day against the Spurs, and they said that he was he was struggling, but he had, like, 15 rebounds and, like, 13 assists. I'm like, hold on. So you're telling me he's only, he's only four points away from a triple-double and you're yeah. he's going to get it? So – and it's, it's like you look up in the fourth and you realize, oh, wait, he has a triple-double already? So yeah. 
something that that easy, that that seamless for him. And and honest, I played college basketball. I know how hard it is to get a double double. The fact that he's getting a triple double and you don't even notice it. Yeah, we need to marvel and 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 understand that we're never going to see this again. Yeah. And of course, you have people like analysts that want to say, "Oh, well, he's not as good because he hasn't won a championship." I'm like, okay, well, you know. And it's it's not to it's not to minimize the fact that you know a championship matters. It's not it's not to minimize that. But I like you said, I think in the same break you can still appreciate what he brings to the game. And I felt like I feel like if we I feel like if we appreciated it more, it wouldn't, it, it wouldn't, you know, like prompt this aggressive rust every opportunity he gets if we appreciated it more. The, the, the real fear and question was, is Bradley Bill going to mesh with uh, Russell Westbrook? Yeah. And of course, Brad has said nothing but um, okay. raving reviews of, of Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook has said nothing but praise for his teammates. So I'm glad that it's, to me, it's worked out. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. I, I definitely think it, it took a time to kind of get used to a new Washington with yeah. Russell Westbrook. I think that was the real issue, but you brought up a very valid point, you know, um, what what was a Washington Wizards going to look like with a Russell Westbrook and a Bradley Bill? We didn't know. And, that, and it didn't really seem like it was going to be promising at first because of, you know, the style of play, but it has turned out to work out for the better. So I, I'm, I'm rooting for them in this postseason. Um, I got, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm rooting. I'm rooting for them this postseason. I think they can do it. I think the best part about them is that they're still, uh, still solidifying what their identity is, and that could either be a good thing or a bad thing because they are in the crunch of the season. Um, you know, we could have maybe not seen the best of the Wizards yet. Or it could be a situation where we, this is the best and this is that. But, you know, only time will tell. And with 11 games left, um, you know, I'll be tuning in, you'll be tuning in. And have got to check out those Indiana Indiana Pacers. They played them twice within these this last stretch. And that is going to be a little, you know, snippet into what that play-in tournament will look like between those two teams. So I'm excited for that. Now, let's go to the top part of both the East and the West. Who do you think wins the East and who do you think wins the West and how do you think things play out to for either one of these teams to win? Well, the West. Let me start with the West. I think the West is a little easier to determine. I think that's Utah. Um, as far as winning the the the, the number one seed, um, I think a healthy LeBron James, a healthy AD, that's going to be tough in the playoffs. And I think that they, because of those two and the the complimentary piece they have around them, I think that. Um, they're though they have enough to make it to the championship but at least to finish number one in the west i got i i think utah with their defense and even though donovan mitchell is out right now him coming back before the playoffs and their team i said it once on my podcast uh one thing that we've always said about utah is if their offense caught up with their defense it'd be a scary team and the fact that we're starting to see that it's caught up and, and their record pretty much reflects that. Um, in, the, in the East, it's a little different, man. It's like you're getting – you have two teams, in my opinion, that – Giving everybody a headache. Yeah, that gives everybody a headache, but for different reasons. Mm -hmm. Of course, you have – we're talking about Brooklyn and, and Philly. Brooklyn, they can – I mean, you have three of the – arguably some of the greatest scores we've ever seen on one team. 
Not to mention you have the shooting of Joe Harris, of uh, Landry Shaman. You have Blake Griffin coming off the bench. You have DeAndre Jordan. And Jeff Green has been good. It's like that team can put 150, 160 on your head easy. <laughs> Philly, while you have Joel Embiid, who of course is an MVP candidate, that team will lock you down defensively. I mean, you have uh, Thibault, you have um, Ben Simmons, who might win uh, Defensive Player of the Year. That team is, is a big team too. And then you also have the shooting from Seth Curry and, and, and everything. So hell, Shake Milton's has been really good. So it's, it's really tough, man. It's like both teams have a player that the other team can't stop. I don't see anybody being able to stop a healthy James Harden on Philly. Um, or Kyrie, but then again, as we've seen, Brooklyn can't stop any elite uh, big man, and you have arguably the best one in Joel Embiid. So I'm gonna just go with Brooklyn, mm-hmm. um, and that's no disrespect to to Milwaukee either, because you go Giannis and Drew Holiday, but I just don't think that they can keep up scoring wise mm-hmm. uh, with. Uh, I don't think they can keep up scoring wise with a Brooklyn, and I don't think that you can really keep up scoring wise as far with Joel Embiid and in that team, you can kind of neutralize Ben Simmons with Giannis, but I just think that Brooklyn, if they, if they can get all healthy, I think they, they have the firepower to get to, I don't think defense really matters for them until they, if they're all healthy until they reach a finals. So I think that they can outscore Philly. I think they can outscore, um, uh, Giannis, it's just once you get to the finals, you have to play uh, LeBron. Different. You have to play Anthony Davis. That's when is that's when it's gonna get a little iffy. So I think it. I think we're kind of we're kind of barreling towards a Brooklyn, LA. Um, um, NBA. So I, and I have to correct myself too from what I said earlier. I said Phoenix was going to make it to the Western Conference Finals. That is if they lock in this second seed. Yeah. But I was mistaken for a second because I forgot they are only a game behind Utah. And I am not totally sold on the idea that they will not end, they will not win, they will not win the West. I'm just not. Just based on how things have been playing right have been playing right now. CP3 is doing phenomenal. Devin Booker's doing doing phenomenal. Aiton, it's just looking very well for them right now, possibly stealing that first. See, now if they don't, awesome, great, because that makes me very happy because then we will, the Lakers will be seeing them in the Western Conference Finals, and I'll take that. But yeah. it's still very much still theirs for the West, just based off of play right now. If you asked us a few weeks ago, I probably would have said Utah, but based off how things are falling down right now, you know, it's very, very doable. In the East, the East, a little more than the West, the number one seed is incredibly important because the last thing you want to do is be the two seed and have to see uh, Milwaukee or have to see a Philly the second round. Yeah, that's why you see. That's why you see a uh, Kyrie playing forty minutes a game. Like the last thing you want to do is lose these winnable games and have to see a Giannis or have to see a Joel Embiid the second round instead of the Eastern Conference Finals. So, the number one seed, and I, and I agree with you. I think that. One, and, and I think that Philly, I mean, Phoenix has been really good this year. I think the the incorporation of Chris Paul, I think Devin Booker's had an incredible season. I think Chris Paul's ability to get the best out of the younger players um, and DeAndre Aiden, I think has been good. So I talked about enough. It's really yeah. good. 
it's, 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 it's honestly I, I don't mean to cut you off but it just it, it excites me because it's just like everybody and their mother thought that that man was going through career suicide when he got traded to OKC only for him to get OKC out of the was it the no they lost in the first one I'm sorry but phenomenal you know what I mean had a chance to 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 take it from Houston and it just their overall season they were like well in the top eight of the west majority of that season last year and a lot of people had it being like career suicide when he got traded from Houston I think that the number one seeds in both uh conferences are very important because the last thing you want to do is see the Lakers second round. And the last thing you want to do is see Milwaukee second round. Um, and, and I think that's why you're seeing Devin Booker's probably, I mean, not Devin, Donovan Mitchell is probably going to come back soon. Like that's why you're seeing the teams ramp up and, and you're seeing them play the best that they can. And they're trying to get James Harden back as soon as possible because you, you're not trying to get the two seed at all. <laughs> No, I'm laughing because you're you're absolutely right. Um, yeah, well, we'll see. I, I, I'm also a Brooklyn hater, so if they don't win the East, um, you know, it, it is a bust. They have no, and I am so tired of these freaking excuses. Oh, they have only played seven games with each other. Let's just be very clear about this. They do not need all three of them. Let's be very clear about this. It could be Katie and Harden. It could be Katie and Kyrie. It could be Harden and Kyrie. It, however you want to switch it up, mix it up, as long as you got two of them, it's no excuse. Okay. One of them, I feel like, is even still a stretch for an excuse because we can see when they all, well, I think the one hasn't played by himself is KD, but we saw what a Harden was when Kyrie and KD were playing. We saw what a Kyrie was playing, what was like when Harden and KD were playing. So, I mean, cut cut the excuses because I already see where that's going and I'm just going to stop it now because I don't, people are really trying to build on that 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 thing and, and, and I'm cutting it down now. It don't matter. Y'all, Nets in four. That's what it should be in the discussion, okay? Even with that fire bench too, in the discussion. People hate this team more than they hate Golden State because of how they how they manipulated the free agency market and the um, buyout market. People people hate, this is a legit villain. Like if, if they win at all, you know how many people are going to be upset? Like It almost doesn't make sense. To be honest, it almost doesn't make sense for them not to win. That's why I feel like it's, it's that's where my comes from because just like it just this is just set up for you all to win I mean even down to the bench like you guys have some of the strongest bench players like amongst the teams in the league like come on like it's it's set up like but that's it here or there we see that because they got to play the big beast of the west and that's just we're gonna leave it at that but moving on to this this topic that I checked out your episode on this and you hit hit it on the head this MVP race that is Seems like season by season is being judged on different things right now. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say that I think it goes to Jokic only because of Joel's absence. Um, and, and, you know, Jokic is playing phenomenal right now. Um, it's, and it's kind of crazy, too, because, I mean, never wish injury upon anybody. But Jamal Murray's injury uh, at this time of the season, with the race being as tight as it is, can really help to solidify Jokic's MVP case. Like, very, 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 very strong right now. I believe since he's been out, he has been averaging, since Murray's been out, they've been 4-0, and he's been averaging 29-12-7. That's above his season averages right now. So if he yeah. continues at this rate, mm-hmm. there should be no confusion on who the MVP should be with all that's at stake right now. Now, mm-hmm. I know people, like I said, Joel, I mean, Joel Embiid was, was, was 
is still having an MVP season, regardless with his absence. We take that out of it. Still is playing phenomenal. Um, and then you have the people that threw in there, Giannis was still being talked about for a second, um, you know. And now this new one, ugh, the Steph Curry one, which is solely media-driven. I'm going to continue to say that. It is a media-driven. Media-driven, media-driven. I'm going to let you talk about it, but it's media-driven because – the thing that drives me crazy about that is that Steph is just being Steph. This is what Steph does. We know that regardless if Gold State is 72 and nine, or if they are trying to fight for a playing position, Steph is going to give you buckets. That's just what Steph does. I agree with what you're saying about Joker, uh, Jokic, for people who don't know. I think the fact that he's he hasn't missed any time, mm-hmm. the fact that, like you said, even though you don't wish injury by anybody, Jamal Murray's out and there's there's still afloat. Um, the reason the seeing is though he he's averaging numbers and doing things that we haven't seen a big man do ever. Um, I, I I've gone on record to say he's arguably one of the most skilled big men we've ever seen. I put him up there with like not saying not saying like overall better than, but I'll put him in the same rank as Hakeem when we talk about skill. Seeing as though he has guard ability and he's so big. Um, I also agree with Joel Embiid. I mean, he he's putting up scoring numbers that we haven't seen since Shaq. So you can't really, and, and, and you can't really negate that. And and like I said in the episode, I appreciate the listen. Like I said in the episode, man, we have to really figure out how we determine MVP because because as you said, it changes year after year. Uh, one year to go to narrative, those that that could have that was. You really saw that with the James Harden and MVP, uh, that Russell what even though we had the triple double, but that was also because KD left. So then you, because honestly, if it's best player, LeBron James should have more than four. Uh, and then, <laughs> to clarify, to clarify, I don't think Steph Curry should win MVP. I don't think. I think due to his due to the team's record, and I think. Because we've seen this, even though he's having better numbers than his um, his unanimous unanimous year, I just I think that Jokic has had a better season. I think that Joel Embiid, even though he's missed some time, has had a better season. Um, but I do think we have to look at the word valuable in MVP, because if we talk about valuable, Steph is definitely up there. Uh, Chris Paul is up there. Damian Lillard is up there. It's like. Are we gonna? It's like we we usually figure out by the by the halfway point. Are they gonna award it to the best player, or are they gonna award it to the most valuable? Um, hell, Giannis's last year that was pretty much the the most the the most valuable for his team, but maybe not for the league. So, it it, it I, I do agree with you that um, Joker should win. I think he's done enough. I also agree with you that even though you said it quite emphatically, I don't think Steph Curry should win this year, but I do think that when I say it's media driven, the only thing that I think is media driven is Steph winning. I don't think he should win, but I do think that he should be in the conversation or at least top five, I guess, seeing as though what he's done, seeing as um, I think Chris Paul maybe should be in top five. Uh, If you really want to talk about it, I think Jimmy Butler should be up there seeing as though what the what the heat looked like with him on the court and with him off but I just don't think that either of them have when we talk about viable I think they have the case but if we talk about overall totality of who's had the better season 
it, I can't go and pick, I can't pick anybody but Joker at this point. Yeah. Being a member of the media, I don't want to make it seem like the, the media's influence is invalid or not important. I'm not saying that, but I do think that you have these narratives that get pushed a lot more. I mean, this MVP race has been very exciting this year because I feel like it's been a lot of, and then this is mainly due to injuries, which, you know, you can't control those and God forbid, but that's what it's been a lot of that. Cause this, this whole thing has just been, if you go month by month, it was somebody else. I feel like kind of <laughs> topping who was going to win the MVP race. But I think at this point in the season, we both agree. It's probably going to yeah. go to Jokic. And, um, and yeah, so I wish they could have like a postseason MVP too, because I, I'm pretty sure it's going to be some, 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 all those people in that list, when this postseason comes, I expect to see some, some numbers go a little bit crazy on that. Yeah, yeah. There is an important event tomorrow taking place in the NFL. It is the NFL draft. Mm -hmm. um, and I just want your opinions on that. I, I'm just blown away at this draft having five quarterbacks in the first round that could be picked from. I mean, lay it out for me. What do you, who, who wins in tomorrow's draft, lose? How you think these QBs are going to be selected? What are you looking forward to? Well, first and foremost, Congratulations to everyone that gets drafted, whether it's number one overall pick or the last pick. If you get drafted to a professional sport, I mean, you you made it. So congratulations to that. Um, this is definitely crazy that there's five quarterbacks that can go. And honestly, this is one of the better quarterback drafts. Um, and it's, it's because of that is if you look down the road, it's about to get real skinny for, for college quarterbacks. Um, but I'm excited to see what happens, of course, at the three spot with the 49ers, uh, you know, moving up. I'm hearing Mac Jones, but I, I don't know. Um, I'm excited to see what happens with the Patriots. A lot of people are saying they might move up. And, of course, Justin Fields has got that uh, black quarterback treatment. As we know, they – unfair. <laughs> yeah, they, they – all season it's been you know he's been one of the best quarterbacks he you know he's he he went up against mac even though he lost he went up against mac jones did well he went up against trevor lawrence who's going to be the number one overall pick and beat them badly um but of course that you start hearing about off the field issues which he had none but they still say it he starts saying you know he's not a good uh quarterback when it comes to second and third reads even though if you look at the statistics he was the first uh, number one overall quarterback to do that um, I'm excited to see. I'm excited to see what the Ravens do. They they traded uh, Orlando Brown Jr. to get two picks in the first round. A lot of people are saying they couldn't move up. We're hearing they could get Julio Jones. If they get Julio Jones, that's huge. Mm -hmm. um, Watch out, Baltimore gonna be different. Yeah. It's definitely it's definitely an, an intriguing draft after probably the first two picks. But you know, it's it's something to definitely definitely. I'm I'm I'm, I'm gonna have my close eye on so. Yeah, I feel it. I'm rooting for Justin Fields because like you, I, I do not like how it feels like the narrative again um, is starting to change on him a little bit. But like you said, shout out to everybody who gets selected tomorrow. Nothing makes my heart happier than seeing, you know, people who've worked so hard for that moment. I think we take that for granted, too. You know, we scrutinize it and we, you know, we try to. We try to kind of like maybe we feel bad for getting selected, lower this, but it's like, dude, like yeah. there are millions of people who want to be in the second round selected at the, the 15 spot. Like there's millions of people that want to do what you want to do. So regardless, you got to take that, that blessing. You know what I mean? Because a lot of people want to be in that spot. So definitely, definitely. It's, it's, it's definitely a blessing. A blessing. Yeah, and I would like to introduce a new segment here on Shh, The Game Is On. 
Um, and it's called the what if, right? The what if segment where you get to kind of make any type of just crazy out of the ordinary um, uh, <clears throat> prediction we could say, or comment or opinion about something going on in the sports world. It could be anything that we discussed today or it could just be in general, but it's like a something that, you know, people wouldn't say was gonna happen, but who knows, right? Uh -huh. I'll start it off. My what if is, what if the Washington Wizards get the eighth seed and then Brooklyn knocks in the first seed and they knock out Brooklyn in the first round? Mm. What if? I'll say, <laughs> what if Arlena Garantes wins rookie of the year? Mm. Then you look at all the people that let her drop all the way to the bottom of the second round are gonna look crazy. Okay. Um, she was one uh, young lady that, of course, we had going to top five, and the fact that she very confused, she went yeah, she went all the way to the end of the second round. If she comes out and wins rookie of the year, and, and the, again, that's also again no congratulations to all the women, but Indiana is going to look a little a little iffy. Um, Chicago, even though they have a lot of guards, they're going to look iffy, you know. So, what if? Uh, she wins rookie of the year. It, it, it'll definitely send ripple effects throughout the WNBA. That is a really, really good what if because I was very confused as to why she did not get selected earlier as well. Um, shout out to the WNBA draft though. That was another phenomenal year <clears throat> for that doing that virtually. And again, especially after the great March Madness that we had, it was so amazing to see a lot of those girls come up Mm -hmm. you know, strong and you know we're in for another a great WNBA season but we're gonna we're gonna talk about that on this up and coming one of my up and coming episodes we're gonna get into that a little bit yeah. um deeper too with the with the WNBA season getting ready to start you know within the next few weeks but that's a good what if you know and I support that what if a wholeheartedly because she she's a little mini dog and I think we kind of overlooked it yeah. but thank you again Jay for coming and talking and you know Appreciate it. Please drop all of your socials so everybody can keep in contact with you and, you know, just support all that you have going on. Uh, again, I, it's it's an honor, one, being invited to the podcast in general, but being the first male is definitely is definitely up there as far as accomplishments. So I, I appreciate you guys. I, I love I love what you're doing. Um, I love I love it all. So I, I appreciate the invitation. man. I really do. Thank you. Thank you. And where can they find you at and support you and all that stuff? Uh, you can you can sign. I mean, you can subscribe to the YouTube channel if you want to see the visuals of the episode. I drop an episode twice a week, Wednesdays and Saturdays. Uh, I think the channel is called the Unpopular Channel. You can follow me on Instagram, uh, the Unpopular Pod. You can follow me on Twitter. Is uh, I'm saying though, mm -hmm. and um, yeah, that's I I, I, I communicate with y'all. So follow me and, and and we'll talk it up. So yeah. Thank you so much, Jay. I am so happy that I was able to break the mold with my first male guest with somebody who is a avid supporter of the podcast, friend of the podcast. Um, 
He also creates some amazing, amazing content. I'm inspired by his work. I love, you know, tuning into his YouTube channel and his podcast. Knows the game and we love to see it. So thank you for being the blessing, the podcast and being the first male here. We appreciate it. Um, But like I said in the beginning, it's lots of doubt right now with how things could turn out. But one thing we are very sure about is that we are in for some serious treats with um, the NBA's playoff season approaching. We have the WNBA season approaching, and we have this NFL draft to get us excited about football season in the fall. It's a lot to be tuned into, and I hope that you are finding what entertains you, and you are tuned in. Ladies, remember, now is your time to tell men, shh, the game is on. It's Jay Rochelle, and I am out. Okay, that game is on.